How is everyone doing out there? This is the fifth episode of Cooper's Chalk Talk. Um, today I want to talk about kind of a wider range of different things. I want to talk about just some statistics as far as like suicide goes. I know it's kind of a, a, a grim, you know, kind of outlook, especially, you know, with, with where, with how kind of these numbers are kind of falling in line, but it's kind of fascinating to see how big these numbers are. I think just the common person wouldn't be aware of, of just how big and how crucial the thing this actually is in the U.S. And then, you know, I want to talk about some of the antidepressants that actually go into, you know, the most common one, which is uh, Prozac. Um, you know, it's, it has a huge indication of different things you know, bipolar, antidepressants, but then also looking at once again, those, um, those, those adverse reactions, you know, what, what are those actually doing? What's the, what's the most common things that people, you know, they're taking this, what are the adverse reactions these patients are having? And, you know, how is that kind of impacting the actual suicide rate as well? And then, you know, I want to, I want to wrap up today just with um, a little bit of March Madness betting strategy, you know, just some how-to tips, just some, some things as, you know, we're kind of rolling into, um, into tournament time, especially, you know, we're kicking off, I think, um, I think the tournament's going into this next week. We got a buddy, you know, reach out to me, told me that he was going to, um, the UNM game out there in Vegas, I think on Wednesday, I think it's like 11 AM. So, you know, it's kind of kicking off and, you know, shockingly, you know, Sunday there or next Sunday, they're doing their, um, their selection Sunday. So, so it'll be really exciting to see kind of what happens with that. I just want to give you some, some betting strategies, just a couple different things, you know, as you kind of roll into that, you know, everybody nowadays is a professional gambler. You know, it's insane to see how many people on, on Instagram or, you know, beat the books, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they're saying they're making all this money, but you know, I, I just, I think that there's, there's a couple things that you can kind of pick out, maybe a couple strategies that you can kind of look at that maybe might make your, um, your selections a little bit better if you're doing like an entire pool. And also if you're just going to be, you know, if you're in Vegas, you're doing anything, just a couple, you know, tips as you know, you kind of read through, um, just some things that I've seen kind of throughout the years that maybe, um, will help you get a couple winning, winning strategies. So today I want to go ahead and kick off with some suicide statistics. Once again, you know, kind of a grim thing, but once again, like you talk about this in such like a vast amount of people have been impacted by this you know I, I think pretty much everybody that I know either knows somebody or is you know had somebody in their family actually commit suicide I know whenever I was 19 20 years old I had one of my very very close friends he had just turned 19 he committed suicide um you know and it's you know it's kind of crazy because whenever something happens like that you know there's no really understanding you know the whys you know there's there can be notes left there even if there isn't notes left there everybody's always wondering like you know I wish I could have just helped this person there's always like that one thing that you kind of go back to in your mind that you're like man I, I was I, I saw something kind of weird maybe I should have said something and you know there's always those moments in your head and um you know I just I, I wanted to talk about that just because you know I think I think it, it once again it's impacted so many people and you, as you kind of throw some actual numbers into it it kind of takes takes your breath away as you're like wow this impacts you know America on a very very deep level and at the same time is you know how did the you know how do the antidepressants actually work you know once again it's such a big marker right now I know I talked about you know the ketamine getting approved for an antidepressant and looking at you know what does it actually cause in an ad adverse reaction and you know it's it's insane to see you know what the actual adverse reactions are of um, antidepressants and what they actually cause as well so you know, looking in this, you know, I, I just to throw out some actual numbers, you know, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S., which is wow, that's just, you know, out of the top 10 things that people are dying from, it's them, you know, kind of committing murder on themselves. So, you know, in 2017, there was 47,173 Americans died by suicide. Um, you know, once again, a huge number there. 
And then in 2017, there was an estimated 1.4 million suicide attempts. And then, you know, I just want to take a pause there, you know, as you know, you kind of look through some states, you know, I kind of looked where, you know, where, you know, the most common people that are following me on Instagram and, you know, just in general, you know, most common people I know, you know, New Mexico is actually ranked fourth in the suicide rate, which is pretty massive. And, you know, once again, you think about what these things come from and, you know, where, you know, where does, where does this where does this kind of leave people? You know, why, why are so many people in certain states committing suicide? And, you know, you kind of look at some of these states and you look at, you know, you know, weather is obviously one, but then, you know, I, I was kind of looking at it, you know, I always remember, you know, Washington and, you know, it rains all the time there, you know, that was the most common thing of like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, people kill themselves all the time. It's a very common thing, but you look at it, it's 2017 ranked, there were 23rd. So like, you know, kind of middle of the pack, you know, so then you kind of look, you know, like how was the economic conditions? You know, obviously Seattle's, you know, a, a state that does very well. Whereas, you know, you kind of look in some of the other states, you know, Alaska was the actual second ranked um, state with, you know, with, with suicide rates. And, you know, once again, you kind of think about that, there's a lot of people that kind of escape their lives and get out to Alaska. And, you know, that's, that's a very common, you know, common escape, I think, from from normal life, you know, nowadays, you know, I think the Anchorage is starting to become more and more of like a big city, people move out there, they start a family, they live out there, I actually have a cousin lives out there. Um, but it's just kind of, it's just kind of interesting as you kind of dig through some of the states and kind of see where people, where it's kind of landing. And then, you know, Arizona, where I live is ranked 20th. So once again, right, because they're in kind of the middle of the pack. So you, know, you think about this weather aspect of it, of, you know, does it impact people? You know, is it where it's rainy and gloomy? Is there a lot higher suicide rates? And, you know, across it, you know, that's kind of been debunked at this point, you know, Washington, 23, it rains all the time up there, you know, Arizona, extremely sunny. It's, you know, I think it rains like 30 to six, 30 to 40 days a year here and then you know they're 20th so you know right in line where you know new mexico very similar weather they're actually the fourth ranked state so you know with that being said is you know you know you kind of look into the economic part you know texas being ranked 40th you know with with just overall you know suicide rates and you know texas has a very good economic system right now you know in all honesty like if any state could probably break off of the united states and be pretty much just fine you know it's probably texas and you know pretty much anybody in texas could tell you that um, so, you know, you look at New Mexico New Mexico's, you know, it's, you know, Intel's on like a stone on like a bone structure in Rio Rancho now. Um, and you know, they just put, you know, millions and millions of dollars to invest in an in Intel, um, Intel corporation in Portland, Oregon. So, you know, you kind of look at that as, you know, like well, what's going on here? What, where's the, where's the, where's the disconnect between actual suicide rates and the actual living situation? So, you know, going into this a little bit more, you know, I want to go go into the actual financial side. So in 2015, once again, this is three years ago. So obviously, you know, substantial more suicide rates in 2017 than 2015. But in 2015, suicide and self-injury cost the U.S. $69 billion. So not million, but billion dollars, $69 billion. So whenever I read that, I was like, man, this is, this is insane to see how devastating this is not only leaving families, but leaving the U.S. $69 billion. So you know, you kind of think about this and you're like, what is going on? Why is this, how is this costing so much? And you look into the actual cost of this is, you know, you're talking about, you know, funeral costs, talking about, you know, a cleanup costs doing, you know, there's a lot of, especially whenever there's overdoses and stuff like that, you have to call in like, you know, um, the poison control, they have to run blood tests, all that stuff costs money. They have to pay people to do that. So, you know, the, those actual costs are enormous. Um, and, you know, when you think about a death, you know, you don't think about all the costs, but, 
anybody who's had anybody pass in their family or a close friend or anything, you know, you know, funerals, you know, the cost of someone passing is no joke. It's a very, very expensive um, thing and very, you know, sad thing as well, because you have to not only deal with your grieving, but you're also having to deal with this, you know, this pocketbook that you're trying to balance as well. So, you know, you know, the next piece of it is, is like, you know, where, where is this coming from? Like, why is this on the rise? You know, why is suicide so, so much of a big thing nowadays? Why is it impacting so many people when, you know, whenever I was younger, you know, I'd feel like whenever I was a kid, you know, once again, you think maybe I'm just naive kid, you didn't really know anything, you know, maybe that's why, but, you know, you kind of think back on that and, you know, I'd never heard about that. I'd never heard about any, you know, you know, fathers committing suicide, anything. And I feel like that's becoming more and more of a thing. And I was curious, you know, what's the actual um, demographics of it? So, you know, as you kind of go into the race part, you know, it's, you know, once again, the, you know, the white population is leading the way. So um, suicide rates by race and ethnicity, you know, um, you know, the whites are 15.85. And the second highest um, rate was among American Indians and Native Americans, which is 13.4. So, you know, you kind of look in this and, you, you know, once again, you kind of look at the poverty line as well as like, you know, is this having to do with the opioid class, uh, crisis? You know, people get off these opioids, and, you know, they having a hard time, you know, addiction, you know, all this stuff. Once people get off of this, they really have a really hard time getting back to normal life. So, you know, how was that impacting the average person? And then, um, you know, African-American was, was only about 6.61, um, Asian and Island Pacificers, um, were about a 6.6. So kind of the same as the African-Americans. So, you know, once again, just, you know, you look across that and, you know, you know, the white population was almost, you know, it was double and then some change on the actual African-American and Asian population. So, you know, once again, you kind of look at that and, you know, what is causing this? And I think, you know, whenever you look into the most common things nowadays with the economic economics of it is, you know, it's costing people more to get out of debt because people go to school, they, they create this enormous debt, and then they're never able to pay it off. Um, and, you know, in, in all honesty, people usually live above their means, you know, it's, you know, you talk about the middle, the middle class, and you know, that's, you know, that's where I'm at currently is, you know, I'm a middle class white American guy, I'm 30 years old. Um, you know, I went to college. I'm lucky enough. I, you know, I played college football. You know, I got a I got a scholarship. So I don't have any any kind of debt coming out of school. But you know that if you look at like the age range, you know that's I'm kind of right at the the highest age range of the people that actually commit suicide. So you know that that 25 to 44 range. Those are those are pretty much the most common age range. You know, especially once you start getting up over 35 to 44. Those are those are very very common numbers. So you know, as you look at this, like you know, I think, I think, you know, as I'm the most common population that's committing suicide right now, you know, I I think to, you know, what is, why would I, why, not necessarily why would I, but why would anybody in that same, same kind of demographic, you know, commit suicide? And, you know, I hate to keep going back to it, but I do think that, you know, how we're, how we're kind of raising our kids nowadays is everybody has to be, you know, the newest on trends there, you know, the social media aspect is huge. You know, every time you get on social media, everybody is, you know, adjusting their photos, everyone looks beautiful, everyone looks great. And, you know, you think back to, you know, this is going down to a younger and younger age now, like, you know, these 15 year old girls are seeing, you know, these girls that have that look absolutely perfect on Instagram, but, you know, how much of this is getting altered, you know, there's, there's literally I was me and my fiance were joking that, 
you know, there's actually, you know, we were watching this thing on YouTube and it was an app that they were showing this guy was like drawing in abs on his pictures. And, you know, then it showed this girl that was like, you know, slimming down her face. And, you know, as you kind of look at this, it's like creating extremely difficult things for these, you know, younger kids, you know, even people my age to try to create from like a social media, from like a social media standpoint, you see this and, you know, people, you know, they're, you know, if you lose your job and then all of a sudden you create an addiction and then all of a sudden you're on social media and you're seeing like all these other people that look, you know, once again, everybody on social media puts their best image out there. So you see all this, you see everybody, you know, like, oh, everyone else is living such a fantastic life. Everyone is so happy. They look amazing. And then all of a sudden, you know, then those people are committing suicide. And then, you know, on the flip side, you see the most popular Instagram models, you know, there's very common, the most popular um, Instagram models are then committing suicide as well. So it's kind of both sides of the coin of, you know, how much social media I think is impacting the civilization. You know, I, I, you know, once again, it's pretty amazing what you can do on social media nowadays. I mean, there's, you know, people that are becoming millionaires off social media, you know, influencers, there's all this stuff. So I'm not necessarily saying Instagram's a terrible way. It's we literally live in the best time to market yourself and market what you do and what you want to do on so many different levels. But then on the flip side is, is what is this doing to us as a civilization? You know, you think about what's going to be the drawback in five to 10 years, you know, like, you know, you know, I mean, I'm lucky enough. I'm not single now, but I, I see my single friends and I'm like, you, it's a job to be single in this day and age, you know, you have, you have Snapchat, then all of a sudden you have Tinder and all this stuff. And you know, what happens whenever you start sending out these notices and you, you know, you feel lonely because you don't have anybody to talk to. And then, you know, then all of a sudden that piles up. And, you know, once again, the suit, that's why you look at these suicide rates by age, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more, especially, you know, amongst people that, you know, once they get a little bit older and, you know, divorce is a very common thing, you know, people that get divorced, you know, 45 years old, 54, 50, I think 45 to 54 was the most common ones. Um, but you know, you look at that and it's like, how is this, how is this happening? And it's because social media, once again, is, you know, it's kind of going deeper and deeper. You know, everybody's parents are on social media nowadays. I, I don't have a Facebook anymore, but I remember the last time I was on my Facebook, I was shocked at how many people from the age of like 12 to like 65 had a Facebook, you know, it, it was everybody. So, you know, it's not just so much like this millennial thing. And I think that's the most common, commonly spoken thing now is, you know, millennials are, you know, they're, uh, they're self-absorbed. They're always on their social media, you know, they're not aware and all this stuff, you know, that, you know, there's, a, there's obviously some truth to it. Cause you know, it's not always, it's not always spoken unless it's unless there's some truth to it. But, you know, I think it's been broadened out so much now that, you know, everybody feels like they have to be engaged with something. And yet I feel like in this day and age, everybody, while there's so many ways to be connected to people, I think in this day and age, people are the most lonely they've ever been because, you know, it's if I were just to walk up to someone in a in, in a grocery store and start a conversation about an Antonio Brown trade or anything, people will look at me and be like, this dude is fucking weird. He, I just had some weird guy come up and talk to me. Like, you know, and it's in, if you think about, if you go back, maybe, I don't know, early 2000s, that was a common thing. You know, you'd see a guy wearing a Steelers jersey and you'd be like, oh, what do you think about the Antonio Brown situation? And nowadays people are walking around with headphones on, you know, they don't want to interact with anybody. And, you know, I think that that is a huge cause to why these suicide rates, you know, I think every year it's, it's increasing more and more. And, you know, we talk about different kind of kind of rates of poverty, you know, obviously, you know, that that's a big one, you know, addiction rates, you know, all these kind of things obviously tie into it, but also just us as a civilization, you know, how lonely are the most common people, you know, just anybody 
that's, you know, once again, they post pictures, they may be popular, they may not have any followers, you know, vice versa. I think it's on both sides of the coin, but you know, how, how scared are we to like actually create these relationships outside of like our common circles? You know, I think, you know, whenever um, me and my fiance, we moved to Arizona, you know, that was kind of a big thing. You know, we moved to Arizona, you know, I, I knew a handful of people maybe, and, you know, maybe like two, three people. And, you know, she knew, she knew one or two people out here as well. And then, you know, what we found is, you know, putting ourselves out there and creating more friends and getting to know more people, you know, it, it really broadens what we enjoy. And we actually reduce the amount of, of social medias we have, you know, we, we both said, you know, Snapchat is not good for a relationship. You know, it's honestly, you know, anybody who, who has Snapchat, you know, I, I commend you for, you know, in that's in a relationship that has Snapchat and I commend you. But, you know, what we found is, you know, we're so much happier because we don't have to worry about that aspect, you know, stuff that just disappears, you know, is the best way to get yourself, you know, think that you can be free. So, you know, eliminating that we eliminate our Facebooks because, you know, we, we just never really used it. And then you know, all we pretty much have now is our Instagrams. So, you know, we kind of look at that and, you know, so we're on our social medias far less than what we used to be. And it actually makes us engage with more people on a day-to-day basis. And, and also, you know, it also makes us, I want to say like more knowledgeable so we can speak about things because instead of spending more time on, you know, Facebook, worrying about what my high school friends were doing, you know, granted, if you went to high school with me, you know, I still follow you guys on Instagram mainly, but you know, it's kind of nice because I can scroll through pictures pretty quickly, but, you know, sitting there and reading captions and reading all this stuff, you know, it takes time. Whereas, you know, I would rather, you know, build my knowledge in other aspects because once you get to talk to somebody, you feel like you have this knowledge to kind of converse about. So, you know, once again, we're talking about suicide rates, but, you know, how lonely are people nowadays? I think that feeds right into it of, you know, how much are people seeing these people live these lives or, you know, they, that they want to be pursuing and then, you know, their suicide rates are just exploding. So that was just something I wanted to talk about. And then, you know, the next piece I want to work about was, you know, the actual, um, the actual drug Prozac, this most common antidepressant, you know, I looked up, you know, what are the most common antidepressants and pretty much everywhere I looked was Prozac. So, you know, the treatment of Prozac, it's for the depression, you know, it's, but it's, you know, it's also goes for bipolar eating disorders, chronic pain, migraines. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a full, full flex of, of everything. So, the next piece of, you know, what is, you know, what does it do? You know, what, what are the, you know, how, how Prozac treats panic disorder? You know, I think that that's one of the big things with depression is, you know, these people get, you know, they, they get very anxious. They get very, you know, just this like high, high anxiety. Anybody who, who has ever had anxiety, you know, it's a terrible feeling. You just feel like you have this like ball of uncomfortableness in your chest and, you know, it makes you just, you know, kind of, you know, a little, a little kind of crazy mind, a little stirred up. So, you know, as this goes, so what it does is it, it balances the serotonin. So that's kind of the, you know, you know, so let me, let me just go ahead and read this. So Prozac works by to influence serotonin by inhibiting its absorption in nerve cells in the brain. By balancing serotonin, Prozac can assist with L, all, I'm sorry, elevate, elevating, 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 I don't know, elevating anxiety. So I think that means like pushing anxiety to the side, you know, kind of getting you, getting it, you know, underwhelmed and then, and enhancing mood. So Prozac can also help in reducing the severity of symptoms of panic disorders. So, you know, that's, you know, once again, from just reading that, it sounds awesome, but then you go to the most common side effects, you know, sleep disturbances, headaches, fatigue, dizziness, light headaches, dry mouth, nervousness, increased sweating, sexual side effects. So you kind of look at this stuff and it's like, okay, you know, like maybe that doesn't sound too bad, you know, headaches, that's not too shabby, you know, fatigue, you know, okay. But I can promise you 
if you if you can't sleep, sleep disturbances is huge. You know, the most common things is is if you can't sleep, you know, your mind starts playing tricks on you. And I think that that is something very very big. You know, I I think if you have a hard time sleeping from a day to day life, and if that's coming from the drug that you're taking to prevent depression. You're going to be in all kinds of frustrations because then not only are you taking medication that's supposed to be helping you, but then all of a sudden you're having a hard time sleeping. So, you know, you know, as you kind of look through this is, you know, what is, you know, why do people take an antidepressant when there's, you know, I, I was, I, it was so funny. I was listening to the radio and I never listened to the radio, but I was listening to the radio and it said that dancing reduces depression drastically. So women that actually do, I think it's Zumba, women that do Zumba, you know, I think it was like are 35% happier than women that don't do um, Zumba. So, you know, once again, I'm a gym rat. I love the gym. I'm pretty much, I'm just, I'm just pro anybody being active. That's kind of my big thing. But you look at this and it's like, wow, that is insane to see such a big increase of just dancing. So, you know, I think it's big. And you always look at kids, you know, one of my buddies, um, 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 Green, Matt Green, he, you know, he always posts stories of his daughter dancing and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's kind of funny to see, you know, a kid express themselves through dance. But, you know, truly, I think it's just, you know, I think it's as far back as time goes, you know, dancing is a very common thing. You know, I think as we get older, it becomes less cool to kind of, you know, express yourself in different kind of ways. You know, everybody always has to be, you know, they don't want to look like an idiot, especially nowadays. You don't want to be caught on tape dancing like a fool or anything like that. So everyone's always gotten their best behavior. But, you know, whenever you can express yourself through movement and stuff like that. I think it does great things for your body. So, um, so the one thing I did want to wrap up with, um, as far as, as far as this goes is, um, is, you know, I think, you know, if you ever have, you know, any kind of depression, any disorders or anything, you know, I would highly recommend you to get professional help, you know, call in, you know, I know there's tons of 1-800 numbers, you know, and, and, you know, depression nowadays is no joke. It's, it's a growing trend. And, you know, once again, you know, the most common people, you know, your best friends may have this depression that you may not be aware of, but it weighs so heavy on them. And it comes from anxiety, it comes from, you know, self doubt, it comes from, you know, maybe money issues, you know, dealing with family, you know, whatever, you know, you never know what someone's dealing with. But, you know, I, I highly recommend you if you if you're dealing with any kind of depression, you know, see a professional, call somebody, you know, there's more tools in what you can be aware of. And there's more people going through it than you can ever know. So you know, I highly recommend that. But you know, once again, I didn't want to start the day off on such a grim thing, but I do think it's a very important stat, especially, you know, you look at how many people it impacts and how many, you know, people that may be in your life, maybe be dealing with some sort of depression that you may not be aware of. So I wanted to, I wanted to go and start with that. And then I wanted to roll in to, um, March Madness, you know, just, you know, just a couple different betting strategies. I think one of my favorite things is actually doing, you know, like a three team tease, you know, doing it maybe like a, maybe doing like a five point tease, especially in the NCAA tournament, you know, that means, so for example, so let me break it down, like the, the to the dumbest way possible. So if you have, let's say North Carolina is playing Wichita state in the first round and North Carolina is favored by 18 points and you want to tee and you feel like North Carolina is going to win, maybe not by 18, but you're like, they're going to win by like at least 15, but they're going to, they're, they're going to be right there. So what you want to do is you want to tease that down to five points. So instead of them winning by 18, they only have to win by 13. Usually you have to do a three team tease. I think that's the lowest amount of teams you can do is three. If I'm not mistaken, there might be two, but I'm pretty sure it's three. Um, and once again, that lowers your odds or that increase your odds of winning. Obviously the payouts are a little bit less, but once again, a three team tease that you par- parlay all three teams, you know, you're going to be winning more money. Now, if you just did a three team parlay, you're winning, you know, if you put down 20 bucks, you can win like 
$200, for example. Whereas like with a three-team tease, you can put down 20 bucks and you can win like, I don't know, you can win like 80 bucks or, you know, 100 bucks or whatever. So, you know, you're, win- you're winning less money because your odds drastically get increased. But once again, especially in the first round, you know, the first round's great to play. I, you know, you always look for those underdogs that, you know, they they had a good run or, you know, they, they play ex- a very exciting basketball. So, you know, like a Buffalo could be a great team to like look at, you know, um, you know, maybe in Nevada, you know, one of these teams that, you know, has a pretty good, has a pretty good seed, um, that's going up against, you know, similar competition, like an ACC team. So, you know, you maybe look like, a, you know, maybe like a Virginia tech, which is like a six seed. And then, you know, you look at, um, I don't know, I'm throwing a team out here, like maybe like Utah state, who's, you know, an 11 seed. So you look at that and you're like, all right, these teams are like, you know, talent wise, you know, obviously Virginia tech should have way more talent than Utah state, but Utah state's played very good this year. Um, you know, they play good defense, which is a huge thing to look at whenever you look at betting. And at the same time is, you know, how do they perform down the stretch? So say Utah state wins the mountain West Champ- championship, they go in, say they're, uh, say they're an 11 seed, they're playing Virginia tech. That's a six seed. So say Virginia Tech they're favored by let's say let's just for fun let's say five points or six points okay so they're favored by six points so that means that Utah State can lose by six points now let's say once again you're going to tease Utah State Gonzaga and North Carolina okay so what you're going to do is you're going to tease that Utah State game by five points so instead of them losing by six points so instead of that you're going to tease that up to what is that 11 so that means if utah state loses by 10 you win okay because they lost by 11 points or less now another fun thing to do is there's also over and under so say the total of that game is going to be 150 and you want to tease that down to five tease that down five points and play the over so that means you tease it down to 145 and they just need to go both teams have to score over 145 points so with that being said so if you bet you know you can tease that say you want to tease the Utah State game, the Utah State over under, and then Gonzaga and Gonzaga's favored by 21 points. You're going to tease them down to five. So, so you want to tease that down. So all of a sudden you're teasing it down to, you know, they only have to win by 16. Utah State over under only has to go over by 145 and Utah State can now lose, can now lose by 11 points or less and you'll win. So just something that I always like to play. I like, you know, I think teasing games is it kind of ups your odds as well. Whenever you lose, it's extremely frustrating because you feel like you chose teams that are like, you're like this should be a lock, of course. But, you know, that that's one of my favorite things to do. And plus, you kind of get some more skin and more games. It makes it pretty fun. So, so that's one of my favorite things. And then, you know, I also think it's very important to don't be scared to play underdogs. You know, I know it sounds, I know you look at some of these stuff and you're like, this team's a three seed, you know, they're not going to lose to them. But, you know, it's not necessarily winning or losing. You have to be looking at the point spread, you know, is this in favor? And you also have to look at, you know, what does the public think? You know, for example, you know, Virginia is like one of the hottest teams right now. Virginia plays great defense, which, you know, like I said, I always like to play good defense. Um, you know, they, they can score in bunches whenever they need to. So, you know, right now, public public loves Virginia, especially they lost first round last time. So, like, they're not going to lose first round this time. So, I'm not necessarily saying go out and bet against Virginia, but I can guarantee you there's going to be some games where they're going to be way over favored. You know, second round, they, they're, you know, they're going to be favored by, you know, 20, 22 points or something stupid like that. So, that can be something where you can be like, you know, they're going to probably win, but you can catch points like that. So, so just something to be aware of. You know, I think I think a big thing as well is also looking at divisions, you know, Pac-12 was trash this year. You know, I, 
you know, Washington's going to get in. I think Arizona State's a bubble team right now, but you know, I, don't, I, I they played Arizona and they did not look great on Saturday. So you just kind of look at some of this as you know, like how are the actual conferences looking? So you know, the Big Twelve has a ton of good teams coming out. The Big Ten has good teams coming out. I still think the ACC is overrated. I know on my red Zion's going to be coming back for the ACC tournament. Um, you know, if Zion comes back and, you know, they get rolling, Duke's going to be a tough, tough team to get out, you know, and they're going to be a tough team to bet against as well, just because, you know, when Zion and JT Barrett are rolling, you know, and they, they have Redding that can come in and put up, you know, 18 points as well, because he shoots the crap out of the ball. So you look at this and it's like, wow, this is, this is a hard team to go against. But once again, you want to look at these matchups, you know, what teams are getting rolling, you know, Loyola, Chicago got rolling last year, and they were a tough out. And, you know, it, it you know, it was just because they were they were the hot hand. They had the confidence. So, you know, don't be afraid to play some teams. And then also, you know, be selective with the number of picks. I think that that's a huge one. You know, whenever whenever I'm in Vegas, if you're going to Vegas for the March Madness, good for you. I think it's it's a great time to be in Vegas. One of the best betting times. Um, but if you're just betting on Bovada or you're choosing, you know, what whatever. If you're even gambling for this, but you know, be selective with your number of picks. If you go out there and you're like, oh, I like this, I like this, I like this, and all of a sudden you look, you, you're betting on like eight games. But, you know, you're only betting, you know, 10 bucks on every game, you're betting $20 on every game, you know, well, your winning chances have just gone down drastically because you're choosing eight games that you like. So maybe pull it back a little bit, you know, choose your favorite three games and then maybe put, you know, a $20 to $50, you know, tease bet on something, you know, and put, put higher money on your favorite three games. So that's just a little bit of advice that I would give you. But once again, I did want to talk about, you know, how to bet as far as just like common betting lines, how to tease a game. Um, I think that that's a big one. And then, you know, just something kind of fun is, you know, picking an outside favorite. So looking at, you know, what are the most, what are the common ranges of, of payouts, you know, is, you know, I think more than likely I am, once again, I haven't looked at this at all. Um, but what are the most common teams to win that you think have a chance to win that you're going to be able to still make good money? So, you know, let's say that a Kentucky is like a one to 20 to win so you're like oh Kentucky could win so you put 20 bucks down so you're getting 20 times your money you know what I mean so I would just look at this look at a couple different options I think that that's always something fun to do is especially if you're like a true fan you know I'm not a Kentucky fan I like Kentucky this year I think they're gonna make a run but um, like I've talked about I think the SEC is kind of this hidden team LSU is kind of messing me up right now there's all kinds of you know allegations and stuff going on I think their coaches been like kicked off the the team or something like that so you know just kind of crazy stuff going on with that but I did want to just touch on some gambling stuff as you know it is getting into that time and you know I'm a I'm a huge fan of March Madness you know I, I try to watch as much college basketball as I can in the last month and you know there's so many games it's hard to kind of keep up with but you know this is the time whenever you see some wild stuff happen so I'll end it there. I hope you guys have a great start of your week. And um, once again, if you guys have any any comments, anything you guys want to add to the podcast, please feel free to um, send me a DM. I, I always like reading them. I, I'm starting to get a couple more. Um, one of my buddies said that I should start um, adding some fitness tips. So starting ne- next episode, um, I'm going to start adding just like a fitness tip of the day. Um, you know, just for today, I guess I'll, I'll kind of throw a little, a little backhand one on there. Is, um, me and my fiance, we started doing... Um, um, apple cider vinegar we do a shot first thing in the morning it is awful but the best thing about it is we both feel like it's like helping cleanse our body i'm i'm kind of getting getting into um prep shape to do a show so you know obviously good digestion is a huge portion of that so that's kind of like our little tip of the day is you know go get a big thing of apple cider vinegar you know 
get some water, get something to, to kind of, um, to as weird as it sounds, to kind of do a backer with, with a shot of apple cider vinegar just to help it go down a little bit easier because it will burn your throat a little bit. But that's the tip of the day. But nonetheless, guys, I'm kind of rambling now. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and I will leave another one out on Tuesday, okay? And we got free agency coming out, I think, on Wednesday. So exciting stuff. Have a good day, guys.